from his studios in New York. It's time for Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, where sports meets life. Here's your host, Dan Tortora. Welcome here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Proud to have you here on the show every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. This week we're going to be a little bit shorter. We're going to be Monday through Wednesday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. The why is because I'm spending some time with the wife, so we don't get to take a lot of vacations, especially early on in the year, so we're going to do exactly that and take some time, just me and her, which means that we will be on the broadcast here Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday of this week, and then we will return next Wednesday. So make sure you make a note there. There's going to be plenty to listen to, plenty of opportunities for you to connect with the show, some specials that we may be doing as well. So when you miss Wake Up Call, you won't have to miss it too much in the sense that we will have something for you and never leave you empty-handed. And you can always go to wakeupcalldt.com and on the homepage of wakeupcalldt.com, right under the live feed, you will see the schedule Monday, to May, Monday, May 21st, which is today, to Wednesday, May 23rd, and then Wednesday, May 30th to Friday, June 1st. As you know, we have a little bit of a change schedule so we can spend some time with the wife this season here, this this wonderful spring into summer season that we're going to be doing. So you can hear every episode of Wake Up Call on demand by going to wakeupcalldt.com and clicking on the RSS feed, the Podbean podcast, the TuneIn radio app, as well as the iTunes podcast. You'll be able to pick up every single show that I have done here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora in the last six years. So don't miss an opportunity and do that now. Go to wakeupcalldt.com and on the homepage it says hear every episode of Wake Up Call on demand on these venues. RSS feed, Podbean podcast, TuneIn radio, and the iTunes podcast. So make sure if you're looking for the shows as well as if you scroll down a little bit to what's happening on wakeupcalldt.com. If you go to that part of the homepage, you'll have the latest episodes right there for you as well, and those will update themselves. And like I said, you'll have over 960 shows to listen to, and we're off for a couple days. So please know that we got you taken care of, and thank you so much for tuning into the show. The live show will be on break Thursday and Friday of this week, Monday and Tuesday of next week, but that doesn't mean that you're losing anything. Because you'll have more than enough to listen to on the app, and we're looking to have a few specials as well. So make sure that you stay in touch with the show, and thank you so much for everybody that has. What's Johnny saying here? Johnny's bringing two more people for the Wake Up Call Fantasy Challenge, and he also is very mad at Golden State. Johnny, thank you so much. Make sure that you send those to me, uh, private message me, and let me know who those people are going to be for the Wake Up Call Fantasy Challenge. Fantasy football, we officially start our drafts in August, but we're signing up people right now. So we officially start our drafts in August, 
but we are signing up people for the Wake Up Call Fantasy Challenge right now. If you want to be a part of the Wake Up Call Fantasy Football Challenge, make sure that you sign up today and make sure you get in touch with me immediately. You can get in touch with me on Facebook at Wake Up Call DT, on Twitter at Call DT, and on Instagram at Wake Up Call underscore DT. Make sure that you're letting us know that you want into the Fantasy Football Challenge. Fantasy Football, as you know on this broadcast, is every single day of the year. It never goes away to those that think that, oh no, it's, you know, I miss football. It's not on television. There's no preseason right now. There's no games. There's no this. There's no that. Rest assured that fantasy football never goes away. We're always talking about the NFL every week here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. Mike Sofka helps to keep that rolling from Hall of Fame FantasyFootball.com. So if you want to be in the Wake Up Call Fantasy Football Challenge, which we still need to do our award show, which we're going to be doing here within the next couple weeks at the Wildcat Sports Pub so that we can give everybody their championship trophy for those that won the championship. We have our first place Lombardi lookalike trophy, which is beautiful. Looks just like the Super Bowl trophy. And we also have the Toilet Bowl trophy for those of you that won last place. We'll have the opportunity to give you a trophy that puts your face in a toilet seat. And you could put M&Ms or Reese's or whatever you fancy inside of that toilet seat today. So make sure that uh, you're ready for that, and we'll get you all set up with that. So, Johnny, make sure you send those to me, private message, as soon as possible. We have a great return when it comes to fantasy. We have a 90-plus percentile of people that return every single year, which means our space is limited, which means that you need to apply now. So if you want to be a part of the Wake Up Call Fantasy Football Challenge, you know what to do. Facebook at Wake Up Call DT, Twitter at Call DT, Instagram at Wake Up Call underscore DT. I'll put some messages up there too that you can respond to, and you can also get in touch on by emailing dtstays at gmail.com. That's dtstays at gmail.com. So, with all the pleasantries done, let's get into the morning menu and what's happened today. Here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. We like to start off the show by giving you our menu of topics. The morning menu that is live now with the morning menu is Dan Tortora. Here in the morning menu inside of Monday, May 21st, 2018. I hope everybody had a great weekend. And I want to let you know that we have something huge coming up today. We do it every single month, and it means the world to me that we have the opportunity to do this because it was an idea that I came up with and worked on with with Danny Tome of the Wildcat Sports Pub. Him and I were talking about what can we do live event-wise and this idea of working with high schools that Danny and I collaborated on and to have the high school right right two minutes away, West Genesee High School, and the Wildcats to come over to the Wildcat, which obviously has a big connection to the school in and of itself. Wanted to do something together about that, and that's exactly what we do every single month, getting the West Genesee Wildcats over to the Wildcat Sports Pub to feature a certain team, their coach, and a bunch of the student-athletes. So tonight, we're pleased and proud to announce that you can come see us tonight at the Wildcat on 3680 Milton Avenue 
in Camillus, New York, in the Home Depot Plaza. Come out to the Wildcat. We'll be there from 6 to 7 p.m. Featuring West Genesee High School girls lacrosse with head coach Kevin Hennigan, as well as players Adriana Nojame, Eliza McCall, and Emma Perry. So make sure that you come out and see us tonight, Monday, May 21st, from 6 to 7 p.m. Whether you have gone to West Genesee, have kids at West Genesee, are the aunt, the uncle of these players, the niece, the nephew, the cousin, the mom, the dad, the brother, the sister, the friend, whoever you may be, make sure that you come out and support them. And if you've never seen West Genesee lacrosse, but you want to see West Genesee lacrosse and you want to be a part of this or you just want to do something in the community, Bring yourself out tonight. Every single person in the community is more than welcome to join us for our West Genesee Spotlight Live Special Engagement Show. West Genesee Girls Lacrosse, join us. Kevin Hennigan, Adriana Nojame, Eliza McCall, Emma Perry, and myself, Dan Tortora, live on location at the Wildcat tonight, Monday, May 21st from 6 to 7 p.m. on 3680 Milton Avenue in Camillus, New York. We would love to see you there. We appreciate it. With that being said, coming up on today's broadcast, we're going to spend the first hour with the man, Dave Paziak. Nobody, anybody listens to the show knows that he is not a stranger to the broadcast by any stretch of the imagination. Dave will be joining us in just a couple minutes to speak on the NBA playoffs. We've seen these games continue inside of the Eastern Conference and Western Conference Finals, and Dave and I are going to discuss our thoughts on the Cleveland Cavaliers-Boston Celtics series, as well as the Rockets going up against the Warriors and our thoughts on what happened in, in this game as Golden State has returned back home and just how much home means. You know, everybody talks about home field advantage, home court advantage, but just how much that actually means in the grand scheme of things because when we look at these playoffs alone, we can see how valued they have been. And how much home has truly been where the winds are. Could be where the heart is, where my heart is, but home is also where the winds are. So, and not just by a little bit. Cleveland went down 0-2 and then went back home and won by 30, literally 30 points. So we're going to discuss home court and what that means and the fact that Boston's got a little bit more of it in case it goes to a seven-game series. And then the Houston Rockets and the Golden State Warriors, how Houston got one at home but gave one up to Golden State. And now that Golden State's back at home looking good and looking in full form, Golden State won by 41 points. If you want to throw up this morning, they won by 41 points. This is the finals of the conference. They won by 41. This isn't round one. This isn't a, the, the Warriors against the Phoenix Suns. This isn't the Warriors against the New York Knicks. This is the Warriors against the number one seeded Western Conference Houston Rockets, who they just beat by 41. So we will discuss the NBA playoffs, and we will also discuss the NBA draft combine and thoughts about the draft combine and, and what Dave takes away from that here this year and from there in the second hour of the show we will discuss NBA free agency go team by team of the 30 franchises and let you know who's out there and what their situation is whether they're 
an unrestricted free agent, a restricted free agent, if they have a player option or a team option. So we're going to get into all of that. Johnny said he's going to get violently ill because he's tired of the Golden State Warriors. And we will at 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time, this just in, and this is why you listen live, we will be joined by Mike Sugamosto of the Syracuse Stallions professional basketball team coming to Syracuse, New York this season starting in October. He's going to join me at 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time this morning live because they just got through their second round of tryouts and he wants to discuss it. So he's going to be on the show in just a little bit. We'll take a fast break and we'll come back to say what's up with Dave Paziak and so much more. Join us in just a moment. This is a wake-up call fast break. Carvel DeWitt, it's what happy tastes like. Do you know why? Because we make ice cream. Creamy, rich, flavorful ice cream. Not yogurt or ice milk like some of our competitors. Ice cream. Fresh, by hand, daily. For the calorie conscious, we have something new for you. Our new Carvelite. Same great flavor, creaminess, and texture of our regular ice cream with only 35 calories an ounce. So whether you want an ice cream cake, flying saucer, dasher, carvalanche, hard or soft ice cream, we will satisfy your craving with our fresh, handmade, regular, or new Carvelite ice cream. Carvel DeWitt. It's what happy tastes like. Clothing that will change with you without you having to change. DrysigLady.com, D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G, Lady.com. With the bamboo line, relaxed fit clothing, as well as the athletic fit clothing, DrysigLady.com is fit for any woman, any time of the day, anywhere. Whatever you're doing, whatever your day commands of you, Command yourself to feel comfortable in Dreisig Lady Apparel. D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G Lady.com. For all the women out there, feel good in what you're wearing. And don't feel like you have to constantly change throughout the day. Whether you're a stay-at-home mom, a business owner, going for a jog, going for a meeting, or just relaxing at home, DrysigLady.com is the right fit for you. D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G, lady.com. This is Lawrence Papaleo, licensed real estate salesperson for Gilbo Realty. Call our home office at 315-752-9513, or better yet, call or text me directly at 315-748-2524. Let me ask you a question, Lawrence. If I needed you to help me buy a house, find the right place, could you help me do that? Joe, I'll help you find your dream home. You don't ever say my name on the radio, never. If I needed to sell a house, could you help me go about that the right way? Yes, yes I can. How do they get a hold of you? Call me directly at 315-748-2524. But you also do the commercial property. So if I got a business, couple businesses, got to take one here, move it over there, do this, do that. Are you going to help me buy and sell my commercial property also? Yes, sir. I like that. I like that. What's my name again? I have no idea. Absolutely. But they need to know your name. So give it one more time. This is Lawrence Papaleo, licensed real estate salesperson for Gilbo Realty. My phone number is 315-748-2524. Why don't you tell them your name one more time and that number so we can jot it down. This is Lawrence Papaleo. Call me or text me directly at 315-748-2524. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on wakeupcalldt.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt.com. 
Proud to be here with you every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. This week is a little bit shorter because I'm finally taking a much-needed vacation with the wife. So we will be spending some good time together, quality time, which I appreciate. And I'm looking forward to so I could be a giant kid because we're loving up some Disney time. So with that being said... I'm happy to be here this morning, happy to be sitting in studio and have this man on the line, Mr. Dave Paziak. Dave is the head coach of the Linden State Hornets in Vermont, and he is also a basketball analyst that we have appreciated throughout the years here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, and I've had the honor and pleasure to have Dave on the show every single year that we have been under Dan Tortora Broadcast Media, and even before that, when we were working on traditional radio, having Dave on the show. So it's been a long time, and we always appreciate having him here. With that being said, good morning, Mr. Paziak. Are you ready to discuss games that were won by 30 and 40 points apiece? <laughs> yeah, I'm ready to discuss. I guess the, uh, the real question is, is that the real reason you're going on vacation? Because the games have been so one-sided till you figured it's a good time to take a little break. You know, I, I feel like if I leave, I'm not going to miss anything. That's how I look at it, Dave. Yeah. I, I, I feel if this... If this is how we're playing, then what's the point? I mean, I miss the days where it used to be genuine competition. And I understand that Houston won a game, and I understand that Cleveland plays well at home and this and that and the other thing. But there used to be games. You know, there was a time when I was a kid and Jason Kidd was playing, ironically, and, you know, the, the Mavericks, if they scored 110 points, people were up and, oh, my God, how did they get there? Phoenix averaging over 100 points and then being one of two teams to do it, seeing games that were won in the 70s, see a team, you know, a lot of games in the 80s and whatnot. There was more defense. There was, you know, there, there was some type of planning, some type of scheming. Whereas now I'm watching this and, and it is, you know, I can understand because I love the sport of basketball and at the same time I can see everything from all angles and, and that's my job as a broadcaster and one of the things that people say to me all the time is the NBA game is boring because, you know, there's these blowouts and there's that and, you know, and, and it's no defense and, and that's... You know, that's something that, and I know that there's some defense being played. And I know Golden State gets some credit for stuff that they do and whatnot. But I understand people's frustration with watching a game that is supposed to be the two best teams on both sides. And we're seeing 41 points that Golden State wins by. And for the Celtics, we're seeing them lose by 30 after having a commanding 2-0 lead. And, and it is, you know, we just got a message that came in saying, so you're talking about early 90s basketball. And, and it's, you know, I do. I really, I, <laughs> I miss seeing guys like Gary Payton out there playing defense, Reggie Miller, Patrick Ewing. Just, I mean, games, games that could change in a moment. If you shut it off in the third quarter and you turn it on with a minute to go, you're like, what the hell did I miss? Where with a lot of these games, the people's frustration comes with saying, Dan, you want me to watch the NBA Finals, but a team just won by 40 points. It looks like they're playing an NBA G League team in the NBA Finals and or NBA uh, Conference Finals, and I can understand people's frustration with that. What do you think about what's been going on lately and the fact that that typically makes people kind of tune it out? Well, I don't. I, I guess I don't agree that people are tuning it out because if you look like the ratings are on a huge uptick this year. So you know, even with the one-sided games, I think. Um, you know, people are, 
more people are into the NBA, and I think more people, you know, TV ratings are um, <coughs> are up um, pretty much across the board. So, um, so I don't know that people are tuning out, but I do, you know, I I, I would like to see like tighter games, closer. Games. I think it's competitive on like a macro level. Um, you know, you got both series are two one and. You know, that's as close as you can be after three games is one team or the other is up two games to one. The problem is the individual games. And I have a theory on that, um, which we've talked about a little bit, but uh, um, I think it's a combination of, uh, you know, kind of where the game has gone to with the uh, the open, free-flowing game, pace and space, and the heavily heavy reliance on threes. Um, you know, teams maybe are not as... Um, is multi-dimensional, and the other thing is, is that you know, traditionally the game slowed down in the playoffs. I think you still see that in March Madness a little bit. That uh, you know, the college basketball game, the game slows down in the playoffs. In the NBA, I think all four of the teams left. Um, the game doesn't really slow down with them. Um, so I think the, that combination of things, and then you know, the whole. I mean, it's been a truism for a long time in the NBA is that, I mean, the stars are usually going to play great regardless, but the role players tend to play significantly better at home, shoot the ball significantly better at home, and so forth and so on. So I think combination of all those things um, lends itself maybe to um, more one-sided games, even though the series maybe is competitive. I mean, you can go back to the first round where you got um, you know, seven games set with Milwaukee and uh, and Boston. You know, everybody wins on their home court. And some of those games, you know, some were close, but some were not. Um, same with Indiana and in Cleveland. You know, so you've got competitive series, but some of the individual games were not as competitive. And I think you know, now that we're um, into the conference finals, you know, you've got four teams with really good offensive players um you know if one team happens to get it going the game gets away in a hurry which is kind of what happened last night you know the first half it was 11 and a half time it really should have been uh basically a tie game at halftime houston kind of put themselves in a hole it wasn't really much of anything golden state was doing it was you know they missed missed i think it was a dozen either layups or dunks convert half of those and they're winning at halftime so um, you know, maybe that changes the game. So Golden State gets a little buffer, and then um, you know Curry. I give him a lot of credit. He you know hasn't shot the ball well this series so far, and got himself going by getting free, shaking free, getting a couple of uh, couple of layups, couple of shots at the rim, and then uh, you know then he started to feel it and you know hit a couple of deep threes and whatnot, and really got it going in the second half. But uh, um, you know, I, I think. It is frustrating um, as a fan of basketball. You'd like every game, especially at this time of year, to come down the last possession or two. Um, you know, we'll kind of see what the you know what the rest of the playoffs bring. Um, I guess I I'm, I have my doubts that we're going to see much of it, um, just because of kind of the explosive nature of all four of the teams that are left. Yeah, you know, and, and looking at this, and once again, speaking with Dave Paziak, basketball analyst and basketball coach of the Linden State Hornets in the state of Vermont. 
you know, to, to go off of what you said, you know, there there is this notion that people don't watch the NBA, like I said, or people love college basketball more than the NBA. But to your point on the ratings and, and what's been happening here, I do want to get to this here. Per Nielsen data, and, and for those of you that don't know, Nielsen are the ones that are checking the ratings for TV, Nielsen kind of the leader with that, Arbitron for traditional radio. So per, per Nielsen data, the combined average TV viewership for NBA broadcasts on TNT, ESPN, ABC, and NBA TV, combined average TV viewership is 1.4 million viewers, up 17% from the 2016-17 regular season, and the most watched start to a season since 2012-2013. That's also the biggest ratings growth in North American pro sports and outpaces the majority of linear television, which has largely seen ratings decline. The growth is particularly particularly strong among the younger demographic that TV advertisers crave, including adults 18 to 34 and 18 to 49, unlike Major League Baseball, which remains most popular among baby boomers. From that being said, NBA on TNT's live game coverage is delivering the Nets' most, views, most viewed season-to-date viewership since 2013-14 with an average of 1.9 million viewers through 44 telecasts. And this was obviously done a little bit earlier. Uh, plus up 20% versus last year. The network is also averaging double-digit growth across all key demos. People 18 to 34 up 20%, 18 to 49 up 23%. People 25 to 54 up 26 percent. Men 18 to 34 up 18 percent. Men 18 to 49 up 24 percent. Men 25 to 54 up 31 percent when compared to last season. NBA TV continues to deliver its most watched live game telecast ever, averaging 354,000 viewers, up 20 percent over last year's comparable coverage, and they've seen. Network growth with 18 to 34, 18 to 49, 25 to 54, and with men 18 to 34, 18 to 49, and 25 to 54, as high as 27% in some of those categories. So, you know, Dave, we're seeing that, you know, as much as people, and I, and I think I've talked to you about this before, as people get older, I feel that, you know, they, they, I hear more of, I like the college game. If someone's in their teens or their 20s, they're talking about LeBron James and this and that, high school, and then as they move on to their 30s, it's kind of like, ah, I miss the old times. And then 40s, yeah, I really miss those times with Jordan and Peyton and this, that, and the other thing, the 50s and the 60s. That's when I see people kind of say, I miss the I miss the old times, the baby boomers who stick to baseball. I, I also feel like you know they stick to the the old basketball days if you will to a certain extent but the young viewership loves this this NBA what can you say to that respect why do you think that that younger viewers love this game and and love the way that the game has kind of morphed itself into at this point well you know I think one of the things too is um you know I think there's a certain amount of truth to what you're saying but I also think that um kind of being state New York centric um, and in a college basketball area uh, I think <laughs> there tends to be a little bit of distorted view of what's popular and what's not in basketball because um, you know Syracuse basketball and college basketball dominates the landscape so much um, if you go into more metropolitan areas um, college basketball is typically is a blip on the radar and the NBA is is all that you know that people worry about regardless of the demographic. But, um, but I do think there's, you know, there's a lot of truth that I think basketball appeals to, 
younger people, I think it's a variety of, of things. One is, um, you know, it, it, the games are, are pretty tightly packaged in that, um, you know, if you're going to watch a, an NBA game, you basically, if you watch start to finish, you're committing two and a half hours, basically, a college game, two hours. Um, so I think it, it, it's, it's relatively quickly moving as opposed to, like, the NFL has tended to drag on, um, you know, games are longer there. I mean, you're, you're looking at the typical NFL game, which, I mean, the NFL is still king in terms of popularity, but it's like NBA is bucking the trend. It's, the, you know, the one uh, sport that's on the upswing as far as popularity, whereas the NFL has declined a little bit. But, I mean, you're committing like three, three and a quarter, three and a half hours to an NFL game. Um, you know, baseball has had a lot of uh, a lot of issues and a lot of concerns with game length and pace and everything. And, you know, they're, um, you know, three hours plus, you know, three, three and a half hours um, in the average game. So I think um, the younger generation is more of a, a sound bite, um, instant gratification generation. And I think uh, you can consume the NBA in a shorter time period. Um, I also think that, uh, you know, the NBA translates well to the video game area era. You know, the NBA 2K, um, you know, one of the most popular, uh, you know, popular sports video games and video games and kids are always looking for the new release and um, playing 2k and all that so i think um you know that contributes to the appeal of the actual sport um you know and it's it's kind of uh you know the nba i think more than most leagues have you know have embraced uh uh, like the hip-hop culture which um is, is very ingrained with, you know, with a lot of the younger generation today, too. So, um, you know, I think it's a combination of, uh, of all of those things which make it um, make it more appealing. Even if you look internationally where soccer is, is the most popular sport worldwide, um, when you start looking at younger demographics, the NBA is, is, is catching up and is in some – some parts of the world and some demographics, you know, you know, with the, the younger set, the NBA is exceeding soccer. So, you know, it's not just a, a U.S. thing. It's kind of a worldwide thing. Yeah, you know, and when we see, you know, these changes and how we're, you know, looking at the – and like you said, with the NBA in this area, you know, I have the blessing and the privilege and the honor of, of traveling all over this country and, and sometimes out of this country – when it comes to wake up call with Dan Tortora and doing different sporting events and, and coverage and whatnot, so I get to be around a, a lot of different people, and then every summer I get to be involved. God bless and, and God willing, this summer as well with Orlando Pro Summer League and get to be a part of that. So you know there is a lot to be said about um, me having the opportunity to see more than than what the typical person will see that you know was born and raised in upstate New York, and like you said, when they come in a place where they're used to, you know, this being about Syracuse, you know, orange men's basketball collegiately is the talk of the town and this, that, and the other, that it's hard to kind of see past that. And, you know, there's that focus that, well, this is all that matters because this is all that we have. You know, that's that's something that, you know, you kind of have to look at the, the market that you're going to. But it, it is interesting to me to see how people respond from different areas, different age groups, different time periods and whatnot. And I will say that, you know, there the, the game has obviously changed, and we know that, Dave, that this game is not the same. But when we look at home court advantage, that's something that 
home court, home field, whatever sport you're playing, whenever it is, we talk about the importance of it. And then some people go, yeah, 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 that's cliche. Uh, I've heard it all the time, yada, 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 being at home. But we know that this is a true thing. There's people that don't believe in momentum in sports, and I don't think they've ever watched a sports game if they don't believe that momentum exists. At the same time, home court advantage in just what that does. Now, Golden State was able to steal one from Houston early on, but their home court advantage was evident in their Game 3. And with the Celtics and the Cavs, it was evident in that game as well that the Cavs were taken care of by the Boston Celtics two games to nothing. These weren't last-second heaves that LeBron James missed. These were true Boston Celtic wins and taking care of business in regulation, doing what they got to do, and then they go to Cleveland, and all of a sudden, being in Ohio, they lose by 30. So bring me into the home court advantage and how different these teams look. And, and I know you've mentioned before that the role players seem to find their hay when they're at home as well and, and kind of maybe how that that helps out the whole home court conversation. Yeah, I, you know, I, I think that, um, I mean, it's home court, I think, in every in every sport, um, you know, for a variety of reasons. I mean, in baseball, you have a rules advantage by playing at home. But, uh, um, you know, but in all sports, I just think that, um, you know, being at home and, and, and not um, living out a suitcase and dealing with the, you know, the travel um, issues the same way the, the road team is, I think all of those things, um, you know, come into play. Uh you know, specific to, to basketball and to the NBA, um, you know, I think I, I think it's a truism. You know, the whistles favor the team with momentum, um, and I think the home court plays into that uh, to a degree also. Um, you know, I think at, at at the professional level and even more so at the college level, to be honest with you, um, I think that you, you see – the team that's on the run, you know, that's on a roll and maybe is on that 6-0 run, and then all of a sudden you get a 50-50 whistle. I think, you know, I don't have data to back this up, um, but, you know, many, many years of watching games, I think that that 50-50 call tends to, um, you know, tends to favor the you know, the team who um, to has a momentum at, at that point in time. Um, I think instant replay has, has negated that a little bit at the end of games. Um, you know, because you go to the monitor and, you know, it's either off team A or off team B, and it's, you know, decided from there, and momentum doesn't play quite as much of a factor But uh, you know, in, in the officiating at the end of games as it used to. But, um, you know, I also think, like, with in, in basketball, uh, I think statistically uh, they analyzed home what the home field effect was in, in uh, major professional sports and basketball, I think rated the highest the last when a survey was done a couple of years ago, I think basketball was first. And I think hockey was the one where it meant the least. And, you know, when you think about the nature of the sport, that probably makes sense. Um, you know, uh, hockey has also probably the most, uh, the greatest degree of randomness to the outcome of, uh, of the four major professional sports. So, um, but anyways, back to the NBA. I think the fact that the, you know that the people are the closest to the action, so um, you know you're not as as distant from what's going on in the field or what's going on in the court as you are in other sports. Um, you know that I think that plays into it. You know, human emotion and that kind of thing. I mean, you've seen. Uh, I mean, you saw Westbrook get into it with a fan a couple 
in Utah and everything. So, um, so I think those kinds of things can become involved in the game much more in basketball than some other sports. And, and I think it also contributes to why the, you know the role guys tend to play better and you know play more in their comfort zone at home. I mean, last game of the, of the Celtics Cavs. I mean, Lynch and and J.R. Smith were were very good in that game. You know, the game before they were terrible. You know, they outscored by Boston's backcourt something like forty-one to three. So, um, you know, so I, I think it's again, it's you know, it's it's not one specific thing that creates the home court advantage, but I think a bunch of little things that when you add them up, um, you know, it certainly makes a big difference. Like, you know, Boston can can lose all three times in Cleveland if they, as long as they home, hold home court. I mean, people say the regular season doesn't matter, but it does matter in that sense. Um, you know, flip the script and, and give Cleveland a home court advantage. Boston probably doesn't get out of this round. As it is, you know, they don't have to win in Cleveland. They've just got to hold serve at home and, and they move on to the NBA Finals. So. And, and when we see this, speaking here with Dave Paziak of the Linden State Hornets and also a basketball analyst that we've appreciated having, on the show to lend his knowledge and wisdom of the game. Dave, uh, when, like you said, you know, looking at looking at this home court, you know, in Boston's case, all they have to do is take care of business at home and they're going to be okay. They have four home games. Cleveland has three. So if they go to game seven, it's taken care of. But when we look at the Indiana Pacers, the Indiana Pacers were in a situation, and I know their situation was different than Boston and, and that Cleveland had the more home games, but what do you take away from that series between the Pacers and the Cavs and what went wrong and what happened and how they didn't shut the door that maybe Boston can learn from this? I know Boston has one more home game than Indiana had, but you know people keep going back to you know people that are not big fans of LeBron or big fans of the Cavs. They keep going, hey, they could have lost. They could have lost. Look at that Indiana series. They should have beat them. They should have got them. What did you take away? What did you learn that could help Boston from that Indiana series? Well, I mean, Indiana, I think, combination of their roster makeup and um, and their style of play, I think, really played to, um, you know, played to maybe what Cleveland's Cleveland's weaknesses and um, and the other thing that I think the common denominator between Indiana and Boston, I mean, Boston may end up, you know, Cleveland may win all three games at home, and Cleveland may still win the series. But I think Indiana came out right from the get-go um, not really, how do I want to put it, not in fear of LeBron. And I think Boston's got a little bit of that same element too. Um, whereas you look at Toronto, I almost feel like Toronto goes into a sh- that collectively as a team, uh, you know, and this comes back to their, you know, their, their top guys, DeRozan and Lowry and everything. Um, I think those guys almost play in somewhat that that team plays in 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 awe or in fear of LeBron a little bit. Whereas um, you know I think you know maybe maybe it's because they both have young rosters, but I think Indiana and uh, Boston both. I think um, you know I don't sense when you watch them that they're in any kind of necessarily fear or awe of LeBron and. Um, you know, we'll go out. Even you know, even the other night when um, when 
Cleveland punch him in the mouth pretty good. You know, I thought it was more a matter of, of Cleveland really playing with a lot of confidence and a lot of energy as opposed to Boston backing down necessarily. So, um, yeah, I, I think the, the one advantage I think Boston has over Indiana is I mean, Indiana, I mean, Oladipo and, uh, you know, a lot of their core guys, it's, that's a fairly young core, um, other than like a Lance Stevenson, and who, he's very, very erratic. But, uh, you know, the most of their core guys, um, I think, a little bit inexperienced and, you know, maybe not quite ready for the Game 7 moment. Um, Boston, I think that's the one advantage they have that I think Horford's impact on Boston and on their team, I think, is 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 grossly under underappreciated and undervalued. I think he's he's just like a consummate pro and um, you know, a guy who's who's um, I think lends a stabilizing factor to to that roster and everything. Um, you know, Stevens and the young guys and all that, you know, they you know, rightfully so are getting a lot of credit. But I think Horford's role in in their success, I think, all season long and and you know, to get him to this point in the playoffs, I think has, has been somewhat underappreciated. Yeah, and and to look at you know the, this this group and and we discuss you know how the role players and kind of going off of something that you said before how they play better <laughs> at home how they kind of excel you talked about some of the unsung heroes when we look at all of these four teams that are left Boston Cleveland Houston and Golden State we know that Golden State can steal one away from home what team do you think is most poised? to do that or, or has the, the best capabilities of stealing one away? Is it Cleveland? Is it Boston? Is it Houston? Outside of Golden State, who do you think can actually do this? Because it does look like a home game chess match for the most part, unless you're Golden State. So do you have other teams that you think could maybe steal something and, and end these early or make them more interesting? I think Cleveland for sure, just because of, uh, you know, because of LeBron first and foremost, and because um, because of the experience level. Um, you know, having been in those kinds of situations before and, you know, being down in the series early to Indiana and, um, you know, a lot of their core guys were part of the core group that was down 3-1 to Golden State and had to beat them twice on the road a couple of years ago. So um, I think Cleveland has, has – is the team that has done that other than like you say the Warriors has done that in the big moment before so I would say uh, if you had to pick one team that would, was going to come up with the, the big road win the rest of the way in the conference finals I would I would lean towards Cleveland and, and when we look at some of these guys I know Boston has a younger team you brought up Al Horford who's who's one of the older guys on the team and, and one of the unsung heroes I still think at times even though he spent a decade in the NBA coming out of Florida playing for the Gators but when we look at Jalen Brown and Terry Rozier and Jason Tatum and as well as Marcus Morris, who spent six years in the NBA, Semi Ojale, and the list goes on, Marcus Smart. What can you say about this young group of the Boston Celtics? Even though they lost by 30 to Cleveland in Ohio, do you think that this is a team that is capable of, of overcoming what it's like to play in Cleveland? I mean, it's funny how Cleveland's a number three seed, how Cleveland is not... You know, they're not the top seed in the Eastern Conference. They almost got bumped out in the first round, yet here we stand today with saying that Cleveland is one of the scariest places to play. This young team that you see in Boston, do they have what it takes 
to take care of Cleveland in Cleveland. And what would you attribute to, you know, I know we talked about role players playing better at home, but what would you attribute to Cleveland being so strong and scary at home? So kind of number one, the young guys with Boston. Number two, what you think about why Cleveland, even though they're not the top dog this year by record and whatnot, why they're scary to play at home. Well, I mean, Cleveland's very, they're very three-point dependent outside, even including LeBron, but especially outside of LeBron. Um, you know, so they tend to they tend to shoot it a lot better at home, so I think that contributes to it uh, significantly in the aura of LeBron a little bit. I'm, I'm very, very interested to see how Boston responds um, today. I, I mean, they, they give me the impression of being, for a young team, a pretty mentally tough team and a and I also think Stevens' disposition is, you know, he's kind of um, kind of flatlined emotionally. And I think, uh, you know, so I think he has a calming influence on them team-wise. And, and, and Horford, like I mentioned, I think has a, you know, brings a level of poise and composure to them too. I'm, I'm really interested to see how they come out and play tonight. Um, I think it'll be a big measure of where that team exactly is at. I think if Cleveland comes out and punches them in the mouth again, um, you know, we're, Probably, you know, we're, we're, we're looking at a seven-game series potentially um, or maybe even Cavaliers in six. But uh, um, but I think if Boston comes out tonight and, you know, if they win the game or if they're right there with a chance to win the game, um, you know, I think it's a big step forward in the growth of that uh, of that young core and everything. Um, you know, I think it bodes well for them the rest of this series and, and into future years. That coming from Dave Pazak. And Dave, before – we let you go here on the show. The NBA Draft Combine happened as well as these playoffs are going on, so I wanted to get in touch with you about this before we got rolling here this morning into hour number two on the the Combine. And, and, and kind of first and foremost, the, the, the brass tacks of it all and, and, and the outside look, kind of the big, the big look at this thing. Do you like the Combine? Do you see a lot of value? in the combine do you like the setup i know that we get to see what goes on on thursday and friday and it was aired for four hours on both days what what can you say about your your overall kind of broad scope thoughts of the combine setup and then we'll kind of dig deeper from there well i think you know it it doesn't have i don't think a lot of impact probably less so as the years go by with what's going to go on necessarily at the top of the draft. Um, you know, like Aitan's not at the Combine. I mean, he's going to have private workouts and private meetings with teams that are at the top of the draft. You know, Doc is just playing in, you know, in the EuroLeague finals. He's not there. So um, I think I think the guys that can be helped or hurt are probably, you know, the guys that are going to fall between, say, 20 or 25 and, you know, early early to mid second round like 30 to 45 i think that's where the combine can um can shape and reshape some opinions on guys um i think you know the actual live play if you you know if you kind of you know i'm a big nba radio guy when i'm driving around and everything there's a lot of talk on the combine i think the 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 the, the fans maybe and the media oversells the live play scrimmage parts of it, you know, and if you kind of believe what you hear from some of the NBA inside people, that actually 
doesn't carry it as a ton of weight for a lot of guys because so many of the top guys opt out of at least that portion of the combine that you see the you know the guys that opt in are um, you know they're playing against you know some guys that are they're, that are going to be in the NBA but some that also probably really don't have a realistic chance of being guarded and are not or you know drafted rather and are not like going to be NBA level players um, you know, it seems like if you believe what you read, I think uh, DiVincenzo from Villanova seems to have helped himself, and and uh, you know the other one is, is Herder from Maryland. Um, you know, those seem to be a couple of guys that a lot of the experts think um, you know have have helped themselves, and and um, you know, a combination of like the physical tests and the um, and the uh, uh, you know what they've done in, in the live settings. Um, you know, Alan from Duke, I guess, you know, if you believe what you, what you read, he's, he's helped himself also because, um, you know, he's opted out of the live play, but a lot of what he did in the, in the physical tests, um, kind of enhanced the, the NBA's view of him, um, athletically and particularly, you know, whether he'd be able to defend at that level. Um, you know, so I think, you know, those kind of guys can get helped, um, you know, battle if you believe what you read. That's been um, his his combine performance has been mixed at best, and um, you know it's probably for you know for SU fans out there, they're probably um, secretly happy about that because it you know with the the indications coming out of the combine or he's you know, he's not looking at being a first round pick, and you know if that's the case, he's probably um, a good possibility to head back to Syracuse, which I'm sure the fans would would be happy about. Um, so I don't know. I, you know, I think the, the, the thing that you don't see really with the draft coverage is the, you know, the, the interview process and, and that aspect of things. And I think, um, you know, the, the NBA today and, um, you know, combination of the world we live in and, um, the kind of negative effects that, that, that bad, um, you know, I guess, I guess, that baggage can bring to it to an individual and to an organization in terms of PR and you know distraction and all that. I think in the social media world is so much greater. Um, so I think the interview portion, you know, the, the individual interviews with the teams um, probably get weighted. I mean, they're harder they're they're harder to quantify, and you know we don't see those, so you don't know really other than leaks, you know, what comes out of those. But I think the teams really weight those. Um, more and more as every year goes by yeah you know and, and and when we look at this like you said if you believe what you're seeing and you're reading and whatnot you know then then some I mean not a lot has changed at the top you know as far as uh, Luka Duns, Doncic and Marvin Bagley the third DeAndre Ayton I mean they're all up there Jaron Jackson Jr. who I had the opportunity to interview and, and be around uh, with Michigan State in the NCAA tournament Mo Bamba Trey Young, Wendell Carter Jr., another guy that's been on the show, Michael Porter Jr., Miles Bridges, and Mikhail Bridges, Colin Sexton, those types of guys, you know, in the sense of, you know, where they were before. And, you know, the names that you heard before are the names you're still hearing, Lonnie Walker, the fourth, and and whatnot. But it's it's some of these these other names, like the Grayson Allens, that I think is kind of surprising, maybe that's uh, that he's in these early rounds. Or the or the first round, I should say, in the mock draft that there's you know there's two rounds and and that we're seeing him show up 
to Golden State at the end of the first round and, and be in type of situations like that. And with Tyus Battle, we're not really seeing much of anything. And like you said, you know, Syracuse fans secretly happy, and, and I'm, I'm sure, very confident they are because they've some of them have messaged me like, hey, Dan, what's going on? What are we, what are we up to by now? So I know that there's there's that mentality and that hope that, that Tyus is going to come back. But like I told people last year, Tyus went to the Combine last year. And I, it was like I, it was kind of like under the radar, kind of quiet, kind of whatever. People didn't really think about it as much. But now it's like, oh my lord, he's gonna go. We're gonna lose him. I'm so confident that this is it. And it, you know, if you pay attention to what's going on and whatnot, and you just pay attention to who's out there, it's no disrespect to Tyus Battle, but he's had to do a lot. He's had he had to be. He came into this season as the only returning scorer of five that was still on the roster for Syracuse for 2017-18. So he was in a position where he had to shoot a lot more. His percentages went down, as opposed to Frank Coward, who shot a lot more, and his percentages went up. So, you know, you have to look at that with Tyus. He wasn't the best shooter when it comes to the more he took, the more he made, even on his own team. So there, there's the conversation that he was going there to get more information, just like he did last year, but that this, you know, isn't really – the year for him to go out unless he heard something. And, and in my opinion, unless I'm hearing first round and I'm getting that, if, if I'm the player going through the combine and having these meetings, unless you're telling me we're pretty confident, you know, we think you'll be top 15, we know you'll be in the first round. And I know these guys get lied to, and I know there's only so many spots that can go around, but, you know, you, you got to kind of look at this thing and say that this is, is not the year for Tyus Battle. And I don't, I don't foresee him going. I didn't foresee him going unless he got a huge response from the combine. I think the combine was going to determine it as much as people wanted to make it. Oh, they already knew, and this just in, and breaking exclusive news. Nobody knew what he was going to do until this combine kind of shook out. Now that it has, I'm, I'm not surprised. I think he's a talented individual. Individual. I think he's got a lot to offer, but I, I don't see him. In if I was Tyus, I'm going to see 15, 20, 25, maybe even 30 people go before me. So is it worth it? And that answer, if it was me, would be no. So, I mean, kind of just what your take is on him. I think he's a, a good player for Syracuse, but I don't think that he's going to jump any of these these names that I had mentioned before. Well, you know, I, I, I agree with pretty much everything he said in, in, with respect to him and in the general sense. Um, and I think in a, in, a, in a really general sense, I mean, I think if a guy knows that they're going to go in the first round or there's a high probability they're going to go in the first round, they most of the time cost themselves a lot of money by not going into, staying in the draft and going back to college. Um, just with the whole, uh, you know, rookie salaries are slotted and, you know, Basically, the quicker you um, you play you play out your rookie contract, the quicker you can sign for market value. So, you know that going back to college for a year costs them a year of salary and a year sooner that they can that a, that a, a player can sign for market value. So, um, you know, but like in Battle's case, uh, like I I think the way that uh, you know that the, the the draft is structured now, where where players can come out go, as long as they don't take an agent, they can. You know, enter the draft, go to the combines, you know, get feedback from from the NBA world about you know where they stand, where their deficiencies are, and whatnot. I mean, I think Battle is is using the system to his advantage, and 
Um, nobody should begrudge him for that. Um, you know, the one little thing, and I don't, I don't know if this is in his thought process at all. Um, if you listen to the feedback that um, that he's getting, or, or that you know that you read in the media, um, some of the concerns about him have to do with one. Um, you know, defensively, can he guard? You know, coming out of a system where they play 100 percent of the own. Um, and then the other thing is uh, that he, from reports, is pretty ineffective when he doesn't have the ball in his hands all the time as the primary option. And you know, if he's going to make it in professional basketball in the NBA, in particular, um, it's unlikely that he's ever going to be in a situation where he's the number one option in the ball. You know, the, the, the um, primary scorer and whatnot. Um, so, you know, that begs the question for his development as a basketball player. Um, you know, is there more value in him being back in the same situation at Syracuse, or is there more value in um, him? And I, I have no idea whether he's even considering this route. Is there more value in him staying in the draft, even if he doesn't get drafted? Um, you know, end up in the G League in a more of a pro system where he can kind of develop that aspect of his game. So, um, you know, I don't know if that's, you know, part of his thought process or not. But, uh, um, you know, in terms of is he going to go in the first round, it's highly unlikely based on what you read. You know, if that's the case, um, you know, in a global sense, it probably makes most sense for him to return to Syracuse. Yeah, you know, and, and that's that's really what it comes down to is the fact that it looks like this is where he would be best served is to come back to Syracuse, have some depth, and demonstrate his skills and work on some other things. I mean, being being a, a pure shooter and, and, and a good shooter in, in you know, shoot-arounds and, and whatnot and not in gameplay, but just to see if he can make shots. I mean, I know he can make shots. I know he can he can drop five, six threes in a row in practice. I mean, most of these guys can. And when you're looking at 60 open positions out of the thousands of people trying to make the NBA this year, all those guys can shoot for the most part. Unless, I mean, you're going to have a few big men, but the overseas big men, they can shoot from their apartment down the street and around the corner because that's that's how they play that game. So for me, if it's if it's just, hey, I'm a really good shooter, it's Tyus, that, that that's great. But your percentages went down, that's going to count against you. Frank Howard's percentages went up on your team, that's going to count against you. It's also going to count against you that you forced a lot of shots, and he made some shots that helped him win the game, but he also took some shots, some ill-advised shots, and didn't pass the ball off, especially early in the season, that cost some games for Syracuse or didn't help them to to move forward in that. And defensively, there was mistakes that were made. So he is a good player, but being the best player on last year's Syracuse team, in my opinion, is not going to get you into the NBA and, and get you a job where you're, I mean, he <laughs> at best, 12th guy there, 13th, 14th, what, you know, whatever it may be, kind of you're sitting on the bench, you're watching, but you're more than likely not playing. And to go to the G League as opposed to being at Syracuse, I know people always say you can, you know, you're you're going up against top quality talent all the time, and you're going up against other draft prospects and guys from around the country. And if you somehow can make the team, then you're practicing against NBA players, and you know that does so much for your game. And I agree with that. I, I agree that there's a lot to the practice element of it, but there's also the preparedness. There's also that readiness to play inside of the NBA and 
I think Tyus needs more time. I'm not going to shake from this conversation that I think he's better off staying and he's better off showing what he can do inside of this team that's going to have depth at point guard, shooting guard, where he's at, as well as small forward, power forward, and at center, and could build even more depth within the next couple weeks. So for me, it would make more sense for him to stay. I know Syracuse fans want him to stay, but ultimately when you look at the numbers of it all, he's not going top 15, he's not going top 20, and when you start to slide off from there, all of a sudden you're in the second round hoping to God you get picked up before they call number 60, and that's not a position that, that I would think that he'd want himself to be in. So for me, he comes back. For me, it makes sense, and he shows that he has to be multidimensional to his game. I know that the measurables and his 4% body fat and his muscle, there's a lot of positives to that. But does he make a team better immediately as a sixth man or coming off the bench or this, that, and the other? I think that he needs more time. So with all the respect I have in the world for him, I think he needs more time. With that being said, Dave, we always appreciate the, the more time that you give us here on the show and that you have taken the time to be here over the years. We look forward to what's to come, and, and hopefully hopefully these, these gentlemen can make these games a little more interesting than 30- and 40-point bouts, and we'll, we'll have to see where it goes from here and if anybody can steal anything. And like you said, how Boston responds moving forward, but it's always, always great to have you on the show. Yeah, always great to talk to you, Dan. Enjoy your vacation, and um, I'm sure we'll chat when you get back. Yeah, absolutely. Hopefully, we'll chat <laughs> chat about some some games that that were somewhat riveting here. Hopefully, we can get that going. And, and and also, really quick, congratulations to I know that you were watching graduation with some young men that you care about care about very much. So at Linden, so I wanted to give them a quick shout out. Let you do that, and just you know who graduated and just how proud you are. I know you've been there uh, for a very short term so far, but just what you could say about the guys over at Linden. Yeah, no, we had graduation yesterday. It's my first go-around with graduation up here. Obviously, took the job in the fall and everything. And, uh, you know, so our, we had three seniors uh, graduate yesterday, Robbie Rowell, um, Zach Knowlton, and Kendrick Mills. And, you know, they're just, uh, you know, I'm fortunate that I had the opportunity to work with them for a year. Wish I, you know, had the chance to work with them through their whole careers. And, you know, I'm, I know they're going to be, um, you know, they're going to be very successful in their um, their chosen paths in life. And, um, you know, we're just real proud of them. To they're all, all good students, all um, you know, high achieving students, and um, all good representatives of our program. So we were, you know, we're happy to uh, to be a little part of their their graduation yesterday, and um, you know, we're looking forward to that going forward with our younger players. And um, you know, also want to give uh, you know give shout out to some of my my former players that I had coached earlier on that. Uh, um, that reached the graduation line this year too, because you know it's all about using the game to better yourself. Don't get used by the game, and you know the end goal is is to earn that degree and and set yourself up to be successful in life. So you know that's kind of what would, you know what college athletics should be about, and you know we're proud of, proud of the guys that are doing that. That coming from Dave Paziak, always a consummate professional and and always a leader and caring about the kids so much farther than basketball. Dave, I appreciate it, and I look forward to talking with you very soon. Enjoy the game. Hopefully this will be a, <laughs> a good game coming up with Boston and Cleveland, and, and you know I'll be watching, and then I'll talk with you inevitably within the next few days here. Sounds good, Dan. We'll look forward to talking again. All right, take care. We'll see you. Bye-bye. Bye. That coming from Dave Paziak one more time. Awesome guy. Always appreciate having him here. 
on the broadcast. And, and like I said, the, the professional that he is, just how he goes about his business, I just, I really do appreciate it. I appreciate everything that he brings forward to the show and just what he's done here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora has been tremendous. So thank you, my good sir. We're going to take a quick step aside here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. We'll come back in just a moment here on mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt and on wakeupcalldt.com to discuss with you the free agents that are available from every single team potentially available coming up here in 2018's off season of the NBA. And then we'll be joined by the Syracuse Stallions representation. Mike Sugamosto will be joining me after the second team tryouts in just a, in just a little bit here. He'll be coming on around 10:30 AM Eastern time. Keep it right here on wake up call with Dan Satora. Here is your fast break and I'll see you on the other side. This is a wake-up call, Fast Break. This is Jimmer Sikowski, owner-operator of Chick-fil-A Cicero, 7916 Brewerton Road in Cicero, right in front of the Home Depot. I had a deep feeling that God wanted me to do something bigger with my life and to help people, help others. I kept putting Chick-fil-A in my life, and I realized as I was going through the franchise selection process that uh, positively impacting the lives of others was really core to what we do here at Chick-fil-A. First of all, it starts with the food. The food is brought in fresh daily. You know, we bring in local produce. We prepare to order in the kitchen. We hand bread our chicken. We hand spin our milkshakes. It's it's great food. It doesn't taste like fast food. I, I think the second thing is is the way people feel when they come in a Chick-fil-A restaurant. It's different. We we try to treat people with intentional kindness here, which is very different and deeper than good customer service. And so. I think it feels remarkable for most people to come in a Chick-fil-A restaurant. And then lastly, the impact that we try to have in the community is very different. It's a big part of the expectation of every operator of a Chick-fil-A restaurant is that they're actively engaged in their community, they're a leader in the community, and they're, they're making a difference. When they realize that what we're striving to do is to shine a little light in their life, that's a very, very different experience uh, than you will have in any other quick service restaurant. And it's that remarkable experience that I think people will emotionally connect with. Hi, this is Domenico Vitali, owner of Giovanni's Formalware, where you look great and feel even better with our renowned tailoring and alteration services on any suit or any tuxedo from anywhere. Call 315-455-8729. That's 315-455-8729. Stop in locally on Route 11 in North Syracuse next to the Ponderosa Plaza where you can choose your style, get fitted, and tailored, all at Giovanni's Formalware. I'm George Townsend of Honda City with some good advice from buying a new car. The true cost of owning a new car is determined by the appraised value when you trade it. No vehicle appraises higher than a Honda. Next, look for low APRs and deep discounts. You also want low maintenance costs and great fuel economy. That's why my advice to you is to buy a new Honda. Looking pre-owned, visit our Honda Certified Used Car Center. Honda City, 7140 Henry Clay Boulevard, Liverpool, or hondacity-cny.com. It would be a pity if you don't shop. 
For all of us that have always wanted our favorite restaurant to come to us, it's now a reality in Central New York with It's a Utica Thing, with Utica Pizza Company bringing their wonderful recipes that they've handed down through generations to you, to your events, to your business, to your home. It's a Utica Thing, proudly bringing Utica Pizza Company on wheels to your location. Call 315-738-8946. That's 315-738-8946 to bring Utica Pizza Company to your doorstep with It's a Utica Thing. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Proud to be here with you every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time right here on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. And as you know, this week we are going, and you can check it on WakeUpCallDT.com and actually see it right there on the homepage is that our schedule over the next couple weeks is going to be a little bit different here just because of the fact that I am spending some time with the wife. So we are going to be hanging out together, spending some time together, some much-needed time together, which means that we will be here uh, Monday through Wednesday live and then pick up next Wednesday from there. So you'll miss me for a few days, and I'll miss you, but... I promise you, you'll have more than enough to listen to on wakeupcalldt.com. Click on the RSS feed, the iTunes podcast, the Podbean podcast, and TuneIn Radio, and there will be plenty there for you. Also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, you can hang out with us. Facebook at wakeupcalldt, Twitter at calldt, and Instagram at wakeupcall underscore dt. And I want to thank Orange Avenger who told me I deserve to have this break. And I do. I deserve to have a little break. Hmm? I am very excited about this this break that I'm going to be having with the wife. So she's an amazing sport. She's been amazing in my career and understanding in my career of the 700,000 things that I do per week. And you thought I was going to say per year. Nope, per week. And, and, uh, and, and for all the work that we do and everything that we have going on uh, my my wife is is absolutely positively amazing i couldn't ask for a better wife and so it's it's only fair that i show her that love back and we spend some time just relaxing and just taking it easy so i cannot wait for our trip coming up here i feel very honored and very privileged to to have that time with my wife so with that being said i love you babe and <laughs> and she heard me so I'm getting messages in right now. She she said, that's right, I love you too. And the irony of it all is one of my close friends said, oh, honey, I love you too. So And they both responded at the exact same time. So one of my, one of my close buddies who's like, you know, becoming family to me, told me, when I just said, I love you, babe, he wrote back, I love you. And at the same time, my wife, my wife wrote, wrote, I love you. And now my wife has responded whatever to him. So it's just kind of funny how when I say I love you, babe, the joke kind of happened immediately where the wife goes, hey, babe, I love you. And the immediate response is one of my buddies going, oh, my God, it was so nice that you mentioned me on the radio. (laughs) So much appreciation to you both. And I love you both very much so. And we do deserve to take a little break. So that's really funny. That is really fun. Like God, people say God doesn't exist. His comedic timing was impeccable on that. So, big shout out to the the big G O D for that one. 
with that being said, let's hop in to what's going on inside of the NBA as far as free agent availability, or, or I should, well, free agent player option, who's available <clears throat> coming into this offseason because there's a lot of different scenarios. We're going to go team by team here. Andrew White III, a restricted free agent with the Atlanta Hawks. You remember him from playing with Syracuse for a season. He was with Nevada as well as Kansas. Played at Syracuse two seasons ago, and he, he, he was able to be brought up to the Atlanta Hawks, worked his butt off to get there, and he is now a restricted free agent with them, former Syracuse player. We'll see where he ends up. The Boston Celtics currently playing and trying to get to the NBA Finals and make me right that the Boston Celtics would be the team to outseat the Cleveland Cavaliers over the next two years in the Eastern Conference and get to the Finals. They have Marcus Smart as a restricted free agent and Shane Larkin, who's been injured, as an unrestricted free agent, Shane Larkin has a connection to the assistant coach Larinaga on the staff because Shane Larkin played for the Miami Hurricanes and for Larinaga's father, Jim Larinaga. And Marcus Smart is one of those guys coming off the bench for the Celtics who's been with the team for a minute. We'll see where things end up from here. The Brooklyn Nets have Jalil Okafor, another guy who's been on the show and a former Duke player. He's an unrestricted free agent. The Charlotte Hornets have former Syracuse player Michael Carter-Williams as an unrestricted free agent, and also they're on the Charlotte Hornets available potentially in this offseason is going to be Marcus Page, who is a restricted free agent, and Marcus Page, another guy that I had the pleasure of covering and he played for the North Carolina Tar Heels. Outside of that, we have the Chicago Bulls with with Mr. Archie Diacono. Not an easy name to say three times fast. Ryan Archie Diacono of formerly the Villanova Wildcats. He's a restricted free agent right now with the Chicago Bulls. Cleveland Cavaliers have a bunch of players in the offseason that will be potentially available. Jeff Green is an unrestricted free agent. Kendrick Perkins is a team option, which means the team can decide whether or not they want to pick him up for the coming season. Jose Calderon, who used to play with the Raptors and now is a role player who gets a couple minutes on the Cavs. He's an unrestricted free agent. Rodney Hood, who, and I want to take a look at Rodney Hood, kind of where he landed most recently here, but he's one of those guys that people were expecting a little bit more out of, depending on who you talk to. You know, obviously they were saying that they were hoping that Rodney Hood would bring in a little bit more in the 30-point victory and first victory by the Cavaliers in the series with the Boston Celtics, which is 2-1 Boston. I can tell you that Rodney Hood did not play due to a coaching decision, and, you know, that's kind of the way that things have been rolling for him lately here, not as pretty. So coach didn't put him out there in this most recent game, and he had 11 points in the first game and two points in the second and only play, playing a few minutes off the bench. So he's going to be a restricted free agent, and LeBron James is a player option. LeBron can decide whether or not he's coming back to Cleveland. The Dallas Mavericks, Dirk Nowitzki, who's been there for a very, very long time, he's a team option. They decide whether or not they want to keep the man there. Nerlens Noel, unrestricted free agent, and Yogi Ferrell, another unrestricted free agent in Dallas. The Denver Nuggets, Wilson Chandler, player option on him. 
They also have Devin Harris as an unrestricted free agent and Richard Jefferson, who hasn't been given that much statistically, but he's been in the NBA for a long time. Richard Jefferson, an unrestricted free agent. If you're just tuning in, I'm letting you know who is a vet, who is available in 2018, either by team option, player option, unrestricted free agent, or restricted free agent. The names that you could be hearing about moving around in the musical chairs of the NBA coming up in this offseason, which will follow the 2018 NBA Finals, which is coming up very soon. Detroit Pistons have Jameer Nelson, who I covered when he was with Orlando. He's unrestricted free agent. James Ennis is an unrestricted free agent. Golden State Warriors, Kevin Durant, player option. He's going to decide whether or not he wants to come back to G State, who's still in the playoffs. And David West is an unrestricted free agent coming off the bench. Used to be a starter, now a role player. But he agreed to do that, and that's, you know, I mean, that's the thing. David West was a number one, number two guy potentially on some teams, and now, you know, he's behind Kevin Durant and Klay Thompson, Draymond Green, Steph Curry, and so on and so forth. Houston Rockets, Chris Paul, unrestricted free agent. Trevor Ariza is also potentially available to the suitors that are out there inside of the NBA for this upcoming offseason. Trevor Ariza who is a guy that was kind of toyed around with, you know, could he be a Toronto Raptor within the last couple of years with Trevor Ariza with the Houston Rockets, who are still inside of the playoffs. And Trevor Ariza is an unrestricted free agent. And then Clint Capella, a restricted free agent, who could become available. So Houston's got some big names there in their run currently. The Indiana Pacers, Thaddeus Young, player option, he can decide. Lance Stevenson, team option, option. They decide whether they want him whispering the ear, whispering in the ears of the teams that they go up against anymore with Indiana. The Los Angeles Clippers, Wesley Johnson, former Syracuse player, player option. He decides whether or not he wants to play for the Clippers again. Austin Rivers, Doc Rivers' son, he has a player option. DeAndre Jordan has a player option. He's been brought up in numerous trade talks, but... Chris Paul ended up leaving, and Blake Griffin, DeAndre's still there. Avery Bradley is a unrestricted free agent, and Montrez Harrell, who I covered at Louisville, is a restricted free agent. The Lakers have a bunch. Channing Frye is unrestricted. Brooke Lopez, unrestricted. Isaiah Thomas, who nobody seems to want. Cleveland did that blockbuster trade with Boston, and they flopped, or flip-flopped, I should, well, they did flop with Isaiah Thomas, but... Isaiah Thomas goes from Boston to Cleveland, and then Cleveland gets rid of Kyrie Irving, sends him to Boston. He was doing pretty well before he got hurt. Isaiah Thomas didn't even spend a full year in Cleveland before they said enough's enough. They shipped him away before the trade deadline and sent him off to the Lakers, and he's an unrestricted free agent, so he could be shipped off to his third team in less than, well, let's look at this here, his fourth team in less than a full 365 calendar years time because he went from Boston to Cleveland Cleveland to Los Angeles Lakers he could be on his fourth team in a calendar year kind of interesting there how there was that notion that he was this great success story of the fact that you know he's not a high draft pick coming into the NBA and now he has the opportunity to make himself shine and do something great and look at how Boston was coming along and how many great things that they were doing. And he was a part of that. And then all of a sudden, Boston said, you know what? We're willing to part ways with him. And they must have known something because they shipped him off and got the better end of the deal with Cleveland. And now Cleveland was like, ah, whatever, we'll send him to the Lakers. And the Lakers could let him go. Contavious Caldwell Pope, one of my best 
stories from covering Orlando Pro Summer League. Unrestricted free agent with the Lakers, but he is a guy that fought his butt off to get into the NBA, and I am so very proud of him, and I hope that somebody picks him up, and I hope that he gets ample playing time and the respect that he deserves, and I hope that he does everything in his power to be out there on the court because I love his story. Julius Randle, restricted free agent, and Gary Payton the second, all with the Lakers, which ironically, Gary Payton, his father, played for as well. The Memphis Grizzlies, Mario Chalmers and Tyreek Evans, both unrestricted. Miami, Dwayne Wade is unrestricted after returning from Chicago, and Udonis Haslam's unrestricted. Two former NBA champions, unrestricted free agents in Miami. The Milwaukee Bucks, Marshall Plumley is a restricted free agent. Jabari Parker is a restricted free agent. Shabazz Muhammad is an unrestricted. And Jason Terry is unrestricted as well. The Minnesota Timberwolves have Marcus Georges Hunt, who I covered when he was at Georgia Tech. He had an opportunity with, with the Orlando Magic, and the Orlando Magic ultimately decided to let him go after Summer League. He ended up with the Timberwolves, and he's a restricted free agent who I covered, like I said, at Georgia Tech. Emil Jefferson, another guy that's been on the show coming from Duke. He is an unrestricted free agent. Derek Rose, who's been on 100 teams lately, is unrestricted. And Jamal Crawford is a player option. He can decide. And I really hope that Derek Rose gets to end his career on a high note because he was supposed to be something great in Chicago. Then he got all those injuries and everything that went on, and he wasn't there all the time. And And then there's the New York Knicks debacle and Minnesota. I hope he finds his footing. The New Orleans Pelicans, Rajon Rondo's unrestricted. So is DeMarcus Cousins, Jordan Crawford, and Ian Clark. So this Pelicans team that, <laughs> if they weren't playing, a, and I know you could say this about anybody, but Golden State just pours it on for the most part, most of the time. And the New Orleans Pelicans, I mean, bless their heart, they got some good offense. They have some good weapons. They just weren't an answer to Golden State. And in their defense, not many have an answer to Golden State. And now they have to answer to what they're going to do with Cousins, Rondo, Crawford, and Clark on a team that's definitely on the uptick. The New York Knicks, Michael Beasley is an unrestricted free agent. So is Jared Jack. Outside of that, we have... Enos Cantor, who has a player option to decide if he's coming back to the Knicks, and Isaiah Hicks, who I covered from the North Carolina Tar Heels. He is a restricted free agent. Oklahoma City Thunder, Raymond Felton, unrestricted free agent. Paul George can decide if he's going to stay or go, so Paul could call up LeBron James and say, hey, we got, we both got player options. What do you want to do? Josh Hustis, another, another story that I love from Orlando Pro Summer League and getting to cover him and having him on the show. He's an unrestricted free agent with the Thunder, hoping the best for Josh Hustis, who not only has fought his butt to be in the NBA, but the Oklahoma City Thunder have consistently given him an opportunity. Jeremy Grant, another person who has been on the show numerous times, who I consider a friend, who is somebody that I covered from day zero at Syracuse when nobody was interviewing him and he was sitting in the locker room on the couch by himself Saw something in this kid and Trevor Cooney from day one, and it's been an absolute honor to cover Jeremy Grant. I hope nothing but the best for him moving forward, and he is an unrestricted free agent. And then we have another situation. An early termination option is what belongs to Carmelo Anthony, former Syracuse player with Jeremy Grant on the Thunder. We'll see what Carmelo Anthony is going to do. The Orlando Magic Aaron Aflalo, unrestricted free agent for the Magic. Aaron Gordon is restricted. He's the one thing they've held on to over the years. And Maurice Spates is an unrestricted free agent. 
Philadelphia 76ers have Marco Bellinelli and J.J. Redick as unrestricted free agents. J.J. Redick, who used to play for the Magic, he's good wherever he goes, former Duke player, and I'd love to see him stay in Philadelphia if you like that Philadelphia story of their success. The Phoenix Suns have Alfred Payton, who is on the team as a restricted free agent. He came from Orlando. We'll see what they do with him. They got the number one pick as well, mind you. The Portland Trailblazers, Ed Davis is an unrestricted free agent. Shabazz Napier from UConn and Pat Connaughton, who I covered from Notre Dame, are both restricted. Sacramento Kings, we have Vince Carter, who's been playing for 115 years, but I love it. Unrestricted free agent. Iman Shumpert, player option, and Costa Kufos, also a player option to decide if they want to stay in Sacramento. The Spurs have to figure out what they're doing with Rudy Gay, who has a player option, and Tony Parker, who's been around for a very long time inside of the NBA and with the San Antonio Spurs. He's unrestricted, and of course the Kawhi Leonard saga continues. Toronto Raptors' Fred Van Vliet up for that six-man award. He is an unrestricted free agent, and he did not end the season the way that he wanted to, missing a couple three-point shots, but Fred Van Vliet is somebody who has stepped his game up he was someone that was in kind of the farm system of the Raptors and boosted his way all the way up to prominence in the NBA and respect in the NBA as a sixth man. So shout out to him. I would anticipate they keep him. Dante, unless they can package him to get some draft picks and whatnot. Dante Exum is restricted for, for Utah. And finally, the Washington Wizards have a player option. Jody Meeks is going to decide whether or not he wants to come back. And another Syracuse player is going to have an opportunity to figure out what's going on in his future in this offseason. That's Chris McCullough, unrestricted free agent with the Wizards after that Brooklyn Nets trade that happened recently. So Chris McCullough, Andrew White III, Jeremy Grant, Carmelo Anthony, all former Syracuse players, all and Michael Carter-Williams, all in situations that they could end up on another NBA team this coming 2018-19 season. And no matter where they end up, I think we can all come into agreement that we want them to do well, and we hope nothing but the best for each and every single one of them. With that being said, let's take a step aside here for a fast break, and we will come back with Mike Sugamosto of the Syracuse Stallions. They just had their second tryouts finish up here inside of Syracuse as they put their team together for their first season, their inaugural season, coming in October, and we will have Mike on the show in just a moment. This is a wake-up call, Fast Break. Gear up with the real deal at Dreisig Apparel. Creating what people are going to see and learn about you before they even meet you. Gear up for what you need for your team, business, or event. To look professional, look good, and feel good, outfit yourself at DreisigApparel.com. That's D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G Apparel.com. The only place to gear up with the real deal. What's the universal language of a fan? Clapping your hands. With Fan Hands, the ultimate sports fan accessory, find your team color, slip them on, and start cheering on your favorite team with 11 different colors always in stock on FanHands.com, where you'll find the ultimate sports fan accessory. Real fans wear Fan Hands. Utica Pizza Company spells family. Your family. My family. 
their family. The recipes that they have shared with each other throughout the years and have now been so gracious to share them with us. I can sit here and talk with you about all the great things that are on the menu, but we'd be here forever. So let me say this. Utica Pizza Company is second to none. And now you can bring it home with you and you can dine in in the restaurant. UticaPizzaCompany.com will give you all the information that you need. And let me say, these Utica Greens, they're the best. Utica Pizza Company, call them and place your order at 315-214-3060. That's 315-214-3060. Families break bread at Utica Pizza Company. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Proud to have you here on the broadcast every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time outside of these weeks where I get to have some fun and spend some time with the wife. So we will be doing that this week, but we're happy that you're here with us Monday through Wednesday of this week, and I'm very excited to have Mike Sugamosto back on the show of the Syracuse Stallions. They just finished up their second round of tryouts, and I'm excited to have Mike on the show to speak with me on the talent that they feel has come through for the Syracuse Stallions up to this point, and so much more. Mike, how you doing today? I'm good. How are you? Uh, I'm doing very well, and, and Mike, bring me into what's kind of gone on with the first round of tryouts and the second round, just what you've seen up to this point. Yeah, with the first round, we had uh, 48 guys of the 50. Um, just two guys didn't show up. Um, but it was a lot of guys in the gym. So with that, there was a, a bunch of Division three talent, um, and it went pretty smooth. I mean, to be honest, I was I was shocked how smoothly it went with it being our first one and, and with us having so many guys. But um, – our head coach Pete put them through a tough conditioning circuit to see where they are shape wise, and then um, put them through some shooting mechanic drills, and then we got right down to scrimmaging. Um, and there were some definitely some some future stallions there, um, and then with this second group, we actually shrunk it down to thirty guys. Um, it was much more manageable, and um, we had actually a ton of new faces mixed in with some uh, faces from the first one. Um, we had some higher division guys come to the second round. And when you when you've gone through this and kind of seen the the talent that's that's come up up to this point, just what some of your biggest takeaways have been, and, and just what you could say about the community's response to wanting the opportunity to get out there and be a part of this this new era for professional sports in basketball in Syracuse. The response has been awesome. Um, to be honest. The, uh, there's a bunch of competitive guys in the gym, but at the end of the day, they're all happy and having fun with each other. Um, and, and plus the fact that we're maxing out these trials says a lot um, to me that this team needs to be here and, and we could have a team full of depth and, and talent that can compete um, year in and out. And when you look at the the talent that's come through, I know you said that, you know, some like division three talent and, and this, that, and the other, but you know, when, when you've seen these guys go up against each other, what are you looking for in tryouts? I mean, obviously you want guys to make shots, this, that, and the other, but what are some of those intricate things that maybe you picked up on so far? Yeah, there's two ends to a basketball court, and I want to see, you know, offensive playmaking skills, not turning the ball over, communication with each other, um, but then also defensively, um, this game is much quicker than even the collegiate level. Um, we want to see communication. We want to see um, – people working really hard on defense. Um, it is a tryout and, and unfortunately some people are there to get theirs, but the ones that 
make basketball plays, you can tell who they are and that they're basketball players. So there's a lot of things to look for. Um, I'm a defensive-minded guy, so I look out for defense a lot, um, hedging on screens, communication, stuff like that. But and, and we're seeing that from a bunch of guys. So we're in a we're in a tough spot once July gets here to cut down to a roster, but I'm pretty confident we'll have the best guys around on this team. That coming from Mike Sugamosto of the Syracuse Stallions professional basketball team coming to Syracuse for the first time ever this October. What can you tell us about the upcoming season, the the teams that you're going to be going up against, and, and any changes maybe that were made to the grand scope of, of who you're going up against in the league and whatnot, just what you can tell us about that. Yep. So, so right now the teams are still the same. Um, Binghamton, um, being an hour away, we'll play them four times this year, two home and two away. Um, and they went to the Elite Eight. They're very talented. Um, they have some Division One stars um, that played at Binghamton University filled in with a bunch of D3 guys that play their role, and, and they're just deep. They're, they, they have a ton of depth. Um, and then also there's a tough team out of Rochester that they just bring guys, and, and, and they play hard. They're, they're gritty, and they're competitive. Um, there's some rumors about a new team coming to Buffalo that if, if they did join um, – we jump in and probably play them maybe twice or four times this year. Um, and, and we'll get down to Scranton. Scranton's a very tough team. They're a second-year franchise, the Scranton Shamrocks. Um, and, and they didn't have a full season last year. I don't I don't know how many games they played off the top of my head. But they came in and uh, they beat a Binghamton, which Binghamton only had a few losses. So there's definitely competition. And uh, that's why we're going at this full head of steam, trying to get the best players around. That coming from Mike Sugamosto. Mike, what you can say personally for you this has done, because I know you've been really excited about this, about the opportunity, having the Syracuse Stallions from the logo to getting these tryouts together to finding a venue to promoting it and getting it out there. I mean, there, there's been so many nooks and crannies that you've involved yourself with, and when I've sat down with you, I've seen the excitement. So, you know, let, let's let's show that on the air just kind of, what your excitement is about this, what's gotten you jazzed about it, and if if there's anything that's kind of made you stop and just kind of, you know, thank the, the big guy above in these last couple weeks. This uh, this has brought a ton of, I guess, connections and, and new challenges to what I try to do and, and uh, how I am with the game of basketball. I mean, there's guys I had no idea anything about that have walked into this gym and we've made an instant connection. Um that can just showcase their talent for us and, and potentially be guys. Um, with the city of Syracuse being like a talent-rich city, um, this needs to be here. And um, with myself teaming up with the two other partners that we have, Jimmy and Josh, they're both extremely passionate guys as well. And to be honest, I thought I was as passionate as it gets um, before I started this. And, and to be honest, Stallions has been a new beast. This is a franchise. Um, and there, there's been challenges along the way, but it, it makes you dive in even deeper and, and it makes you come up with solutions that'll be beneficial in the long run. And challenges have been whether, you know, we minimal things like how many guys you should invite to a trial. Are we inviting officials to the final? Are we doing getting more and more shirts to, to create a good image? Who are we inviting to these trials versus what can we do to be better? And, um, I come from a collegiate background of coaching. Plus, I run a, that giant league over the summer. But this is a different league, or a different um, beast than just a league. And um, accepting the challenge was—I was a little hesitant at first, but 
now that we're in it, I mean, the plan is to be here for a long run, and we're going to do what we have to as a staff to make that happen. And when you, like you said, you know, the challenge and everything kind of starting off for you, and you know, like not knowing necessarily maybe <clears throat> what to expect and and whatnot, but now to get more into it, what's kind of pushed you to really? get into this thing like you said even more so where you looked at this and said I want to be a part of this I want to see what we could do but a little bit hesitant what's helped you kind of look at the pool and say maybe I'll put my toe in and now it sounds like you're jumping into this pool and ready to swim what what did that for you to be honest seeing that first tryout session fill up to 50 guys almost instantly was like the best feeling and it I, I'm the kind of guy that invests in my players and my community and uh, to see that happen really was like okay we're gonna do this and we're gonna do this extremely well um, and just our community as well we haven't heard one bad thing about what we're trying to do and there haven't been those doubters there hasn't been like Mike you're crazy to do this there hasn't been that there's there's been, okay, you can do this. I know you're the guy to do this. I know you're the staff to do this. Um, just that extra push from our, our community. They've been so welcoming, and and uh, everybody that's reached out to us trying to work with us has been pushing us to do this and, and says how great this can be. So we've got ourselves at our strong staff, but then everyone is behind us, and, and it's a good feeling. And, and, Mike, as far as how people can get involved right now, what can fans do to interact with you, to interact with the team? I know that we got some time until October, but what do you want the community to know, and what can the community do from here? Um, so we're actually in the process of rolling out a, uh, a huge junior stallions program, which is going to be geared towards um, young athletes ages of 5 to 16 that are going to pay a fee and it'll get them two camps or two clinics in October, um, assigned basketball by our team, a t-shirt, like a chance to shoot at halftime of our games. But then also, I mean, our, our tryouts are open admission and, uh, we've had people come in and, um, hang out for the whole trial to see what we have. And the first, uh, in the first trial, we had about 50 people come and the gym felt even more packed. Um, than I honestly thought it would. And the second one, we have about 30 people come show up. So I think right now you, you can reach out to us and we're going to answer you via email, via text, via phone call. Anyone can call me at any time and I'll pick up if I'm available and answer any questions you have. Um, I think that with us being like a family feel and a, uh, a community feel or uh, felt organization, we're going to answer your calls. So we're going to answer your questions that you may have. Um, at the end of the day, we're doing this because it needs to be here. So I'll answer whatever questions anyone has. That from Mike Sugamosto of the Syracuse Stallions getting set to play this coming October, and you're going to be able to connect with them even more so on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora as we get closer. Mike, as always, it's a pleasure. I appreciate it. Got to ask you really quick here. Boston, Cleveland, Golden State, Houston. Who's going to the NBA Finals? I'm saying Warriors in six. And I'm also saying um, I'm picking the Celtics in six. Um, not that I have anything against the Cavs, um, but I want to see a little different change on that eastern side because I'm a little tired of the Cavs getting there. But um, I, I think that's what it will be, Warriors and Celtics. Warriors and Celtics moving forward here. And that coming from Mike, that's what he thinks. That's what's going to happen as we move on from this moment. And, and and really, really quick here, LeBron James, do you think he's a Cav next year? No. 
Um, Philadelphia 76er, maybe? I'm, I'm leaning a little bit towards that. Um, I don't know what to what to expect. You can With that first loss they had, I saw a lot of different emotion out of him. He, he seemed a little withdrawn from that team um, in this series. So, I don't know. He might – he could shake it up a little bit. If he goes to the Sixers, they're a contender for the championship next year. There's no doubt in my mind. Well, I think the team that should make the biggest play for them is the team that can't beat them, and that's the Raptors. <laughs> they should make they should make that phone call. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll see. I don't know. There's a ton of there's a ton of talent out there that, on this free agent circuit once this uh, once the championship's over. So I'm excited to see some moves. Absolutely, and and there's some there's some opportunity with some of these Syracuse guys as well. And speaking of Syracuse, your Stallions, make sure you connect with them on social media. They're available to you all throughout social media. You can find them on Facebook and Twitter, where I where I find them commonly here. And you can also get the Syracuse Stallions, like Mike said, available to answer any questions. You can hang out with them on SyracuseStallions.com. That's Syracuse Stallions, all one word, dot com, and get the information up there as well as always mike i appreciate it i think we owe each other coffee sometime soon and i i'm thankful to have you on the show yeah thanks for having me all right man i'll talk to you soon all righty take care Bye-bye. that coming from mike sugamosto one more time of the syracuse stallions bringing a professional basketball team to syracuse professional basketball back in syracuse coming up here in october and they have signed on to work with Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora in promotion of what they're doing. So you'll be able to get a little connection to this, this new team here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, wakeupcalldt.com, mixlr.com, backslash wakeupcalldt, and so on and so forth. So the official site of the Syracuse Stallions is syracusestallions.com. And like Mike was saying, they will play in the ABA's Northeast Division, with the Binghamton Bulldogs, the Jersey Express, the Rock City Ravens, New York City Lightning, the Bronx Holy Flames, the Elmira Eagles, Atlanta Coast, Atlantic Coast Cardinals, Worcester 78ers, the Worcester, I like to call it Worcester, but it's Worcester, the Springfield Sting, and the New England out-of-towners. Love it. So that'll be happening coming up here in just a little bit in the fall folks so you want to definitely gear up for what's to come here and get excited about this the game schedule is coming soon the junior stallions is something that mike brought up syracuse stallions are proud to look are proud to announce their youth basketball club for boys and girls ages 5 to 16 it's geared toward children of all skill levels 2018-19 junior stallions will receive two-hour basketball clinics in October, one season pass to all 2018-19 regular season home games, a Junior Stallions t-shirt with their logo and your child's last name on it, one official autographed ABA basketball signed by players and coaches, water boy girl for a game. Each child will get assigned a date to sit on the bench and perform the water boy or girl duties for one home game to be around the team. They will meet with and take pictures with the team on the court before the first home game, and they'll have a shoot in front of the fans. As a member of the Junior Stallions, your child will be eligible to have their names placed in the drawing each week to participate in fun shooting competitions at the home games. And there's price and information on SyracuseStallions.com. We'll take a step aside for our final fast break of the show and come back to wrap things up for Monday right here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. This is a wake-up call, Fast Break. 
Hi, this is Kira from Looking Glass Events, where we're always giving you a reason to celebrate. Whether you have a small business, large business, personal event, or wedding, we are available to plan and coordinate your dream event to life. Every detail, every step, Looking Glass Events is working with you all the way. Call us at 315-702-4653. That's 315-702-4653. Or contact us through our website, lgweddingsandevents.com. Looking Glass Events giving you a reason to celebrate. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is located on 3680 Milton Avenue in the Home Depot Plaza. It is your family-friendly sports bar and restaurant. Folks, some sports bars aren't family-friendly. Some family-friendly restaurants are not sports bars. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is proud to be both. It is that marriage that you've been looking for for years. The Wildcat Sports Pub is your home base for your sports bar and restaurant needs, games for the kids, indoor and outdoor activities, and enough things on the menu to come back every single week and get to try something new. They're open Sundays from noon to 8 p.m., Monday through Wednesday, 11 a.m. to 11 p.m., and Thursday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to midnight. For reservations and party information, call 315-487-2222 for the Wildcat family-friendly sports pub and restaurant. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT here on the broadcast. Happy to be here with you on Monday, May 21st, and we want to let you know one more time that we will be on location at the Wildcat Sports Pub for a live special engagement show tonight, Monday, May 21st from 6 to 7 p.m. at the Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus with the West Genesee Girls Lacrosse team. I will be joined by West Genesee Girls Lacrosse head coach as well as their players, and I'm, I'm ecstatic for this. So head coach will be me, be with me, Kevin Hennigan, as well as players Adriana Nojame, Eliza McCall, and Emma Perry. Come out and see these young women, as well as head coach Kevin Hennigan, tonight in support of West Genesee Girls across the number one seed in the playoffs, West Genesee Girls across this season. So come and hang out with us at the Wildcat Sports Pub tonight with head coach Kevin Hennigan, Adriana Nojame, Eliza McCall, and Emma Perry, all with me, and we're going to spend, as we always do, first segment of the live broadcast on-site at the Wildcat and Camillus tonight at 6 p.m. We will do our lacrosse conversation, the upcoming postseason, and so much more. Kind of how they all got involved in the lacrosse, their love for the game, their love for each other, why those players are, have been chosen by Kevin to sit in with me today, and a little bit of all of that. In the second segment, we're going to do Rapid Fire, which is a signature segment to Wake Up Call that I've been doing for years, and that is when I ask them questions that could be anything, don't have to do with the sports world, could be anything at all. And then in fairness, and something that I love doing, the interviewer becomes the interviewee, and I do what very few broadcasters do, which I will put myself on the hot seat tonight and let Kevin Hennigan, the head coach of West Genesee Girls Across, and his players, Adriana Nojame, Eliza McCall, and Emma Perry, they will all get to ask me questions and do a little role reversal on site at the Wildcat. So come out and see us tonight, Monday, May 21st, from 6 to 7 p.m. in love and support of local sports inside 
of Central and Upstate New York and West Genesee and our connection to the Wildcat Sports Pub. So I want to thank West Jenny, and I want to thank all the teams. Girls Lacrosse for tonight. I also want to give a big shout-out to Boys Lacrosse, to football, to girls basketball, as well as boys ice hockey and boys basketball So and every single sport at West Genesee. So thank you to all the teams and coaches and players that have been there. We look forward to having you all on site, on location very soon. But once again, thanks to boys basketball, girls basketball, boys ice hockey, football, boys lacrosse, and now girls lacrosse of West Genesee, all joining me for a very special live on-site location we do every month exclusively for West Genesee at the Wildcat Sports Pub on 3680 Milton Avenue in Camillus, New York. So we look forward to seeing you tonight. With that being said, we talked about basketball all throughout today's show, so I think it's only fair to get to some football and what's going on here with the football side of things. Of course, everybody's going to freak out about today's top headline, and that is that Tom Brady's not present for the voluntary OTAs that are going on right now. Organized team activities. Tom Brady will not be at the opening of this. He's regularly participated in this, but he has skipped all of the team's offseason program this season. He's 40 years old, Previously explained his decision to miss early portions of the offseason as being based on family while also him helping him become, quote-unquote, really rejuvenated. Wow, tongue twister this morning. Really rejuvenated for the 2018 season. So, they are voluntary workouts that Tom Brady's typically been at, but he's not there, which will inevitably make people say, does Tom Brady still love the Patriots? And is there trouble in paradise and yada, yada, yada. But as of right now, he's still the quarterback of the Patriots and they still are, are that team that everybody loves to hate. So that's that's what we have here now with the New England Patriots. So like I said, people are going to freak out, but let them be what they want to be. Now, Johnny Manziel. Another story I wanted to get to, something that happened over the weekend, and I'm really excited for for Johnny for this. Because listen, everybody deserves a second chance. And yes, have I been critical of the way Johnny Manziel treated his opportunity in the NFL? Yes. But I'm sure that Johnny Manziel looks at that opportunity and says, I was a starting quarterback, had two years there, and look at what I did with it. And look at how I, I treated it. So I don't think Johnny Manziel is is proud of the way that he treated his NFL shelf life any more so than I'm sitting here talking about it saying that I don't think it was a great showcase and that I don't think it demonstrated leadership and whatnot. But he wants another chance, and I believe that every person deserves it. Anybody in this world that wants to be a better person than what they've been in the past, you need to support that because people have their moments, right? We all have our moments. We have our times. We have things that go on. But ultimately... I want to see people do well in life. And, you know, it's like, well, Dan, what if they were a serial killer or a rapist or a burglar or this, that, and the other? If they stop doing the bad things they're doing and want to do good things, I'm not in support of the things they've done in the past, but I am in support of them not doing them for the future. And anybody who's going to stop the madness, stop the negativity and the the evil that they're bringing to this world. Being happy with them doing that is not saying that everything that they did was okay and that everything that they did doesn't have consequences. It's saying that 
if somebody in society who's not giving well to society decides to give well now, all the power to them because we need all the help we can get. So if Johnny Manziel wants to do good in the world, then I say, let's sit back and watch him do it. As he has decided to sign with the CFL. And the Tiger Cats team that, that was looking to give him an opportunity in the past is giving him an opportunity now. So I want to go back to something that was going because people are talking about the fact that he watched a lot of practice, or, you know, the notion that he wasn't doing a lot in practice. Now, Manzal threw while working with the five other quarterbacks, made short tosses to receivers, but he stood with quarterbacks coach Dan Morrison during one-on-one practice drills and seven-on-seven sessions. Head coach June Jones said, quote, that's because he doesn't know the terminology. He doesn't know anything. Dan was walking through each route as it was called, but on Monday, guess what? We're going to walk in and start taking a couple, end quote. So Manziel spending some time waiting. He said, quote, spacing is a little bit different on the defensive side if I had to look at anything. On offense, I've never ran this many routes that are predict- that are predicated off of one defender. Every route has an opportunity to break three or four different ways, which is different. But I think it gives you the versatility and offensive weapons to be able to attack coverages more intensely than it would just running a fixed route. I know it's going to take some time, but now I see it more but now I see it more so and my expectations are tempered. End quotes. So I like this. Head coach June Jones said, quote, he's got to catch up because we've got guys in there and he will. We have plenty of time in camp. I'd say in two and a half weeks he'll have a handle on everything, end quote. So we remember that he was selected 22nd overall by the Cleveland Browns in 2014, who had passed on him initially in the 2014 draft where they had an earlier pick. He had pursued the NFL, participated in the Spring League, which is a developmental portion of for players who are not in the NFL. And you could also look at the Alliance for American Football, the AAF, coming up, as well as the return of the XFL. But Johnny Manziel ultimately decided that the CFL would be the place that he wanted to go, and the CFL approved him coming in. He said, quote, I've been very upfront with my past and the fact that I haven't been perfect by any means. Obviously, the magnitude of my mistakes in the past are something I'm definitely not proud of, But at the end of the day, I feel like I've come a long way from that person that I was at that time. I feel I've grown a lot and feel through the mistakes I've made, they've turned me into a better person. They've turned me into a man. I've never been able to outrun my past. The only thing I can, I'll never be able to outrun my past. The only thing I can do is grow and hopefully be a better person moving forward. And I have every intention of doing that. Sounds like a man who's learned something. I'll never be able to outrun my past but I have to make myself a better future. So dare I say it, I'm excited to see what Johnny Manziel can do. Listen, if Mike the Situation on the Jersey Shore can find a way to rehab himself, rehabilitate himself, and become a better person, then Johnny Manziel can do it. If Mike the Situation can do it, then Johnny Manziel can make it happen. And I'm excited to see what Johnny Manziel is going to do moving forward. And God bless him, of course moving forward in in this situation. And anybody that would wish evil or ill will on this man, you haven't learned anything from Johnny Manziel's troubled past. Because if you were to wish evil on him, then you essentially are no better than what you're saying you're better than, and you're no better than, than Johnny Manziel. So my hope 
for Johnny is that he does well with the Tiger Cats. My hope is that he has a phenomenal career moving forward and that he is nothing but a blessing to his teammates, a blessing to the city that he plays in, and a blessing to the CFL, a blessing to himself most of all, and a blessing to his family and to his loved ones. I don't want to see Johnny Manziel do anything but succeed because to wish him ill will is to, like I said, learn nothing of negativity that other people have put forward in this world, and it's to become the thing that you don't want to become. So I hope the best for Johnny Manziel. I hope he does well, and I hope that he has a successful career inside of the CFL. I think it's I think it's pretty cool to see him give the CFL a nod. I think it gives some credence to the CFL again. Because remember, people, there are a lot of great people that played in the CFL. There are a lot of great players that play in the... Okay, one of them's in, in your community right now. One of them is in your community right now. That man being Robert Drummond, who is someone I've had the honor of being around and being friends with, one of my closest friends, played for Syracuse, played for the Philadelphia Eagles, undefeated Syracuse team. The last time Syracuse was undefeated, 1987. The only other time, 1959, when they won a national championship with Ernie Davis. So Rob in very good company. And Rob will be in good company, and so will you if you buy a ticket to the CNY Pop Festival to meet him. Go to cnypopfestival.com, cnypopfestival.com. Get your pre-sale tickets now. VIP tickets will not be available at the door. you got to buy them now. And your tickets are discounted to $15 for adults, $10 for kids 6 to 12 years old, and free for children 5 and under. If you buy your tickets now, you will secure that you will have that pre-sale price as well as your VIP ticket if you want to buy your VIP ticket. So do not waste another moment and buy your tickets to the CNY Pop Festival and come see Rob Drummond, who played in the CFL and won championships in the CFL. Other guys that have played inside of the CFL that you might know their names, possibly. There's a guy named Warren Moon. He played in the CFL with Edmonton. Five Grey Cup wins in six CFL seasons. That's their championship. Doug Flutie, no big deal. Eight seasons from 1990 to 97. Record six most outstanding player awards and three Grey Cup MVP awards. Rob Drummond, like I had mentioned. One of my good friends is up there right now, SJ Green, who continues to be one of the top receivers in the entire CFL. A lot of love and respect and appreciation for him. A lot of great guys have come through there. And guys have had the opportunity to come into the NFL from the CFL. And I think that it's a... I, I honestly think that it is a great avenue that is highly disregarded by some people. And I think, you know, being in Syracuse, being as close as we are to Canada, we can reach up and find some appreciation for that. But my hope is that the rest of the country does and that we do as well for the CFL, for the NFL, for the AAF, for the XFL, whatever avenue it is. God bless y'all. Because when push comes to shove, if you're living your dreams, live them however you want to live them. I left traditional radio. I left having a boss. I left everything that people told me I should aspire to. I worked with ESPN. I worked with Fox. I worked with Yahoo Sports. I worked in and out of Syracuse, New York, up and down the East Coast. 
I have listeners that have stretched across the land. And I made the decision at 26 years old to start my own company. To branch off into something that I literally created from the thin from the air in front of me. Out of thin air. Literally woke up one day and said, I'm going to start my own business. And there was nothing there. There was no office. There was no studio. There was no equipment. There was no, no, there was no foundation. I had to build it. And I did that. So... The breaks from the norms, I'm a break from the norm. And I love being a break from the norm. And even if I became the new norm, I'm still a break from the norm because of how we do things here. So to all the listeners that we have, to all the supporters we have, all the readers we have, all the viewers that we have, whether you're watching on Facebook Live, if you like the page on Facebook at Wake Up Call DT, follow us on Twitter at Call DT, follow us on Instagram at Wake Up Call underscore DT, become a member of WakeUpCallDT.com, get the RSS feed, get the TuneIn radio, get the Podbean podcast, the iTunes podcast, the Player FM podcast. If you listen to us live on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT, if you read the articles on WakeUpCallDT.com's right now, page if you watch on youtube.com backslash wake up call dt if you come to our live on-site events on location in central and upstate new york and beyond however you connect with the show whatever you are doing we have involved ourselves in so many avenues to become a part of your life and make it extremely easy for you to hang out with us if you become a member of mixlr.com backslash wake up call dt you get emailed when the show goes live every time we go live all you have to do is open your email and click to listen. It's as simple as that. They say three clicks are the simple way to go online. We're two clicks. And if you go to wakeupcalldt.com, we're one click to the RSS feed, one click to the iTunes podcast, one click to the Podbean podcast, one click to TuneIn Radio, one click to Facebook, one click to Twitter, one click to Instagram, one click to YouTube, one click to read our articles. One click for the show archive that goes all the way back to July of 2012. We make it easy. We make it free. And we're there all the time. So to everybody that supported Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora and Dan Tortora Broadcast Media as a whole, God bless you and thank you. And to everybody that thinks that we're going anywhere, to everybody that thinks that you made us, that you made me, (laughs) keep thinking that. And to everybody that uses our articles and our stories to ride our coattails, thank you. I'm happy to put food on your table too. And above all things, thank you to God for giving me the opportunity, the courage, the confidence, and the abilities to branch off on my own and do something that was unheard of, undone in this city the way that we're doing it. The CNY Pop Festival, everything that we're doing. Thank you, God, for the courage the determination, the appreciation, the perseverance, and the tremendous amount of love I have behind me to wake up every single morning and be somebody who is building something out of thin air. It is the greatest feeling in the world to take something that did not exist and to see what it has become in just a few years. And that thanks goes to you too. You're part of the Wake Up Call family. You're part of the call crew. And I love you all dearly. Thank you so much for your support, and I will talk with you tomorrow morning, Tuesday, May 22nd. We have a great show coming up. 
We have an exclusive one-on-one live interview with Coach Q of Syracuse Women's Basketball, who has a top 15 recruiting class once again. He'll be on the show at 10 a.m. Eastern Time. Ingredients to success will be at 10.50 a.m. Eastern Time, as it always is. Brought to you by Utica Pizza Company. We'll be shooting another video at Utica Pizza tomorrow, and I can't wait for that opportunity. On top of all of that, I want to give some more love because it's at 9.15 a.m. Eastern Time, I'll be joined by Austin Morris, who had an opportunity to, to work out in the CFL and may have some other opportunities coming up here as well. So I want to show him some love. Austin Morris will join us at 9.15 a.m. tomorrow morning. 10 a.m. we'll be joined by Coach Q. 10.50 we'll have Utica Pizza Company on the show. And so much more. We'll be talking about the Celtics Game 4 with the Cleveland Cavaliers. And on Wednesday, we're going to throw everything into one. So Friday's show and Wednesday's show are going to make a baby. We're going to try and put it all together, make it all happen for you, and see if we can get some more awesome things going on. Thank you to everybody that was a part of the show today, to my listeners, to Dave Paziak of the Linden State Hornets. God bless you, sir. To Mike Sugamosto, God bless you and what you're doing. Thank you for being a supporter of my show for, for years, a supporter of my work on social media, connecting with me years ago. So thank you for reaching out to me, connecting with me. Thank you for what you're bringing to Syracuse. I hope that this is going to breed great success for the both of us. I know we're going to work our tails off to make that happen. I'm excited about our partnership, and I hope that you will involve me in so much of what the Syracuse Stallions are doing. So to Mike Sugamosto, a big thanks and a big congratulations. And and that's a, another sign of how... Every single listener should be valued. It shouldn't be if you get a million, if you get a thousand, if you get this, if you get that. What are your numbers? What is your RPI? What is your blah, 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 blah. Mike Sugamosto was a supporter and a listener who then had the idea with his team of having the Syracuse Stallions. And then we linked up. And I actually reached out to him during the NCAA tournament this year. So from somebody, I mean, if that's any weight... I think it's tremendous weight to what one listener can be. That one listener is doing something amazing in our community that I'm excited to be a part of, and he involved me. So from listening and supporting the show to working together, that's why we're different at Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, and that is why we love you listening, watching, reading, and enjoying, because we are different. And we would love to see you at the CNY Pop Festival. Go to cnypopfestival.com right now to buy your tickets. They're only $15 for adults, $10 for kids 6 to 12, 5 and under are free. We're going to have vendors from all different walks of life, local businesses of Central and Upstate New York. We will feature over a dozen entertainers, superheroes from the Syracuse football, basketball world, as well as TV and movies. We'll all be joining you there. We will have tremendous, wonderful food from Q-Dogs as well as Carvel, DeWitt, and more. We're excited to have Utica Pizza Company as our VIP partner. We're ecstatic to have True by Hilton be our hotel partner, which will open just a few weeks before we actually do the show. So it'll be the newest hotel in Central and Upstate New York, and it will feature... CNY Pot Festival and the connection to us and our connection to them as they open. So True by Hilton, the newest hotel coming to Central and Upstate New York, will be our parent hotel for the show. So if you want to get out there and, and get yourself, if you're coming from out of town and you want to stay over, you got family, friends coming in that you want to come to the CNY Pot Festival, make sure that you reserve 
a room at True by Hilton. And I want to thank them. I want to thank Honda City of Liverpool for their amazing support over the last five years with Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. And because they are our car partner for CNY Pop Festival, they will be bringing cars on location to showcase, and they'll be a huge part of the event. And we're also going to have some other special news coming up here very soon, I feel like, because God is great. So thank you so much for your support. Get your tickets, cnypopfestival.com. Once again, thanks to Dave and Mike. God bless you all. We'll see you tonight at the Wildcat Sports Pub. Come and hang out with us, 6 to 7 p.m. Support West Genesee Girls Lacrosse. We're going to be there with head coach Kevin Hennigan, Adriana Nojame, Emma Perry, as well as Eliza McCall. We'll see you there at 6 to 7 p.m. at the Wildcat in Camillus on 3680 Milton Avenue. And you will hear from me tomorrow morning, bright and early at 9 a.m. right here on MixLR.com backslash DT. Keep it classy. Keep it healthy. Be good to yourself and keep God at the forefront. If we can can learn anything, how about Janet Jackson giving a massive part of her speech for a Lifetime Achievement Award to the big man upstairs? She thanked God above everything. I knew there was a reason why I love the Jackson family. We'll talk with you soon. God bless.